Welcome back to another episode of Nothing But Net presented by Deep Dive Sports. This week, I'm your host, Dom, and I'm joined by David. What up? Nothing much. How's it going, bud? Uh, doing pretty good. Pretty good. Nice. All-Star Weekend is upon us, and we have a little bit of a break in regular season action. We got the, all, we got the celebrity game going on tonight. We got the three-point contest and skills challenge and all the fun stuff going on Saturday and the all-star game coming up on Sunday. But I think this is a good point to kind of take a, a step back, reflect on the season, and just kind of go into our first quarter here. Who's hot and who is not? We'll start with you on this one. Perfect. Uh, for me, uh, the who's hot, I have to give it to DeMar DeRozan. Uh, yeah. To start off with, he's been doing absolutely phenomenal the last past week or so, and that's even with, if I remember correctly, I'd seen this either yesterday or the day before, a significant player on the team had gotten hurt, and he pretty much stepped up to the plate and has been mm-hmm. able to basically help carry the team to an extent. But that's not the reason why I wanted to bring him up. I think it was yesterday, they played the Sacramento Kings. And in that game, he scored 38 points on 16 for 27 shooting, which is 59%, setting a new record of games in a row scoring 30-plus points while shooting 50% or better, beating the great Wilt Chamberlain at seven games. Uh, and for me, who's not, this is more just because he's absolutely unlucky lately. And I'd have to go with Anthony Davis. Uh, more for his ability to get hurt and injured and being out for extended periods of time. It seems like every time he comes out and does well, he gets hurt. So that's my take on this. Yeah, that's fair. It's kind of, you know, Part of what we expect with Anthony Davis at this point, it seems multiple times a year he gets injured and misses quite a bit of the season. It's something that I think the Lakers really need to address. But for my who's hot and who's not, I'm going to go with a guy that I think deserves more recognition in the league, especially for his play this year. And that's DeJounte Murray, the point guard of the San Antonio Spurs. Going into this year, he was – you know, a young point guard that played pretty well, um, nothing really spectacular, but he has played so well all season. I really am excited about the growth that he's had. He's averaging 19.9 points a game, 9.3 assists and two steals a game. And that's such an improvement from where he was last year. And he's really giving the Spurs someone that they can build around for the future because coming out of the league, Coming into the league, he was never really known for his offensive skills. He was more of a, you know, facilitator, defensive player, kind of like what Rondo was. And he wasn't really known for his offense, but he ran the offense well and he played defense. Mm. Now that 
Murray's added this offensive skill to his game. I he's definitely one of the the better up and coming point guards in the league right now. Um, for my who's not, you kind of you kind of stole my answer. Um, so <laughs> for my who's not, I'm going to go with the New York Knicks. This is a team that, that blew a huge lead um, this week to the Nets, and they didn't even they didn't even play their star players like Kevin Durant or Kyrie that game too. No, um, yeah, Kevin Durant's hurt. Ben Simmons is still getting back. So yeah, it was pretty much the Nets bench, and they blew what was it a twenty eight point lead or something like that? It, it was something like that. Yeah, I heard about it yeah. on one Sports Center one morning when I was heading over to work out and yeah. Stephen A. Smith was just going off on them. <laughs> yeah, he called them a national disgrace, which I thought was a little bit overboard, but I, I kind of get the anger. Um, this is a team that in, he's not wrong <laughs> in the sense that it, it's New York. Mm-hmm. You expect the teams to be at best or at worst decent, I should say. Right. And I mean, this is a team that made the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Is, is a pretty young squad, and they kind of surprised everyone who made the playoffs and was expecting more growth going into this year. And mm-hmm. they've taken about two steps back. I mean, not only are they last in the division, but they're not even anywhere near the playing tournament at this point. Mm-hmm. And they've lost their last three games. So I I don't know what's going on with them, but they're definitely uh, on the who's not list. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to second quarter. All right, so moving on to second quarter. Obviously, since we're both from the Cleveland area, our hometown team is going to be the Cavs. So moving on to our update on, on our hometown Cavaliers. Um, obviously, going into the All-Star break, they've lost their last two games. They're still the fourth seed in the East, but I'm honestly not concerned at all over these last two losses. They lost at Philadelphia, which is a team that is obviously one of the better teams in the East. It's a good experience for this team because that was really like a playoff atmosphere. So getting a chance to play an away game against a playoff team in an environment that felt like a playoff atmosphere, I thought was good experience. And they didn't look too bad. They were a little sloppy, which was kind of uncharacteristic, but every team's going to have that now and then. Um, they lost by 10, but again, I thought it was a good experience for the team. It's a game that you would want to win, but it's to me not the end of the world if they you know, obviously didn't win. Mm-hmm. Then the next night, or not the next night, but the next game they went out and lost to the Hawks. It was a pretty hard-fought game. Darius Garland looked great as always. Unfortunately, Trey Young looked a little bit better. <laughs> um, they ended up losing by five at Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I think he scored like 41 points that game too. Yeah. Um, you know, but both teams looked great. It was 124 to 116. So it was definitely high scoring. Mm-hmm. Um Again, sloppier than what we've gotten used to with this Cavs team. But again, I'm not concerned at all. I still think that this is one of the top teams in the East. Yeah. They'll figure it out. And it really helps that coming out of the All-Star Rick, we got the Pistons. So yeah. it'll be a nice uh, nice way to, to get back into things. Yeah, definitely. And I know that downtown is certainly excited with the All-Star game. Because I was there for the MLB one myself, and uh, that was just awesome back in 2019. So I'm expecting it to be just as uh, spectacular. So Absolutely. All right, so moving on to quarter number 
three coming out of halftime here, I guess. <laughs> so getting over to some um, other NBA news, what effect do you think Anthony Davis's injury is going to have on the Lakers? And should they be concerned? Yes, they should be concerned because even with AD playing, they were barely, they're barely even making the play, play in tournament. Yeah, wow. <laughs> they are barely even making the play in tournament, even with him healthy. And yeah. so with him, LeBron, and to an extent, Russell Westbrook really being the entire team with one or more out, the chances are extremely, the chances are extremely high that they don't even make it in the playoffs. So yeah, even with all three of them there, they were struggling to an extent. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I mean, you look at this roster, they're so dependent on, you know, their big three of Westbrook, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. And, I mean, let's be honest, Westbrook has been pretty horrible all year. And Anthony Davis, when he's been on the court, he's been fine, but he's rarely ever on the court. Yeah. You know, they, they, they call him uh, Anthony Day-to-Day Davis for a reason. He's always day-to-day. He's always injured. Yeah. Um, you know, at this point, you can't really rely on him. But when he is on the floor, like, he is a nice addition. But you can't count on him to really give you anything significant at this point. And with him out of the lineup, what does Carmelo Anthony step in into that starting spot? Do you like bring in Stanley Johnson? Like, <laughs> you know, th- those are really guys that, yeah, Melo would have been great, you know, 10, 5, 10 years ago but not now in Stanley Johnson. Yeah. He's, he's good defensively, but he's not going to give you anything on the offensive side. No, he's not. What are you going to ask Dwight Howard or Deandre Jordan to, to really step in to, to try to fill the role? I, I think this, this could be what gets them out of the playoffs. Yeah. Or even the, even the play in tournament is if you look at the standings right now, they're currently, they're currently ninth. They're the ninth seed right now, so they would be in the play-in tournament if this season were to end today. But they're three and seven in their last ten games. Meanwhile, Portland, who's right behind them, has won four in a row, and the Spurs have gone five and five in their last ten. So the the two teams that are really on their tail have been playing better as of recent. The Lakers have not been with Anthony Davis, and now without Anthony Davis, I think it's just going to get even worse. Yeah. And- you kind of feel bad for LeBron in a sense because it's basically the same same storyline his entire career because it's really just been him and maybe a little extra help even when he was in Cleveland. Like the only time span that he actually had any help was when he was on the Miami Heat and then to an extent a few years in Cleveland his second time around. I really don't feel bad for him. He brought this upon himself, honestly. When he got there and he traded away Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and the rest of that young squad that they had, you know, he traded them away and then pulled some strings and tried to play GM again and brought in in Westbrook. And that's just been a disaster. So, no, he brought this upon himself. He chose to go to L.A. I, I don't feel bad for him at all. Yeah, definitely understandable. Well, moving on. Uh, we've had a lot of players have amazing seasons. Who is your MVP as of right now? As it sits right now, I don't know how out of the 
out of the box it would be to say this. Um, but I would say Chris Paul. Uh, I know that okay. you look at that Suns de- or Suns team, and the first person you think of is probably Devin Booker. Obviously, yeah. the like main scorer on that team. But when you look at Chris Paul, he's got about 15 points per game as it sits right now, about four and a half rebounds, 10 assists, and about two steals, which in a good chunk of the main factors like uh, that many people look at, he leads the team in those factors. So he he's making a big difference on that team, even if he's in not – even if he's not in the limelight of sorts. Yeah, he really is the heart and soul of that team. And you can definitely tell that there's a big culture change from when they brought him in mm-hmm. or since, since they brought him in. So I, I think you could definitely make the argument that he should be the MVP. Um, but I think right now my MVP would be Joel Embiid just because he's been playing absolute, absolutely out of his mind recently. And he really is the reason why the 76ers are where they are in the standings. You know, they're 30, 35 and 23 right now. He, as a center, he's averaging almost 30 points a game. He's at 29.6 right now. Wow. He's, he's averaging 29.6 points, 11.2 rebounds, and 4.5 assists. That's absolutely insane. For a center, yeah. For, for a center. So I – I think right now he's he's definitely my MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. I definitely blame, blame you for that. You can make a, a solid argument, I think, for Chris Paul or even Giannis again. Um, hell, even DeMar DeRozan for hair, for how he's pretty much carried the Bulls. But, yeah, there's definitely some good candidates. But, yeah, I, I think Chris Paul or Joel Embiid are definitely definitely going to be finalists. Uh, moving on to the pressure section. This is this is my favorite section here. What players do you think are under the most pressure in the NBA right now? For me, this is – I hate to bring this back to the Lakers again, but I'd have to say LeBron James and Russell Westbrook. Either <laughs> that or the management for either the Clippers or the Lakers because both teams are in the play-in tournament as it sits right now, but that that could change very fast because they're yeah. right next to each other. Right. Like for LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, they really, they, those two really need to carry the team for the Lakers. So yeah, I'd agree with that. And if the Lakers fail to even make the playoff, the play in tournament, a good chunk of blame is going to have to go onto the shoulders of LeBron and Russ and Russ. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that hundred percent, but I think right now, I think the player that I would put the most pressure on is Ben Simmons, right? He mm-hmm. sat out, demanded a trade, refused to play for the 76ers, sat out all the way until the trade deadline. You know, he got what he finally got what he wanted. He got out of there. Now it's his time to step up and proved it and prove that he can actually step up in the playoffs and, you know, help lead a team at least to the finals. You know, the, the big knock on him is he disappears in the playoffs and just does not play well. Well, he didn't like that. He didn't like that. And Bede, you know, called him out on it. 
he's playing with a Brooklyn Nets team that that's still pretty deep. I think this is one of the deeper rosters in the East right now, especially after the trade. You know, you still got Kyrie, you got Kevin Durant when he comes back. You'll still have LaMarcus Aldridge for whatever he can give you. You got Andre Drummond and Steph, not Steph, you got Seth Curry. So this is a, a pretty loaded roster. So mm. he he really has no excuse now. Yeah, exactly. You know? so I, I think that the, the pressure and the spotlight is going to be on him because right now, you know, no one in the league is really, really high on him at this point. Exactly. It's like he kind of put a target on himself of sorts to bring a, a load of people calling him out on stuff. Yeah, well, if you didn't like Joel Embiid calling him out on something, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that the internet's going to call him out, and it's probably going to be worse. Right, and I mean, it's it's not like the criticism of him is unjustified. When you look at how he's played in the playoffs the last couple of years, but yeah, he he definitely put a target on his back, and I think he has the reputation in the league now of someone that won. Not only do you not show up to play in the playoffs, but you're going to whine and complain and, and sit out when you're not happy. You're going to sit out pretty more than half the season because you want traded. No, I, I, I think this trade was made because Brooklyn and Philly had two guys that obviously didn't want to play for their respective teams anymore. Mm. Ben Simmons was going to sit out the whole season. Who knows what was going on with, with Harden behind the scenes, but he clearly wasn't happy. So I, I think it was, you know, both teams saying, hey, let's just get these guys off our, our, our roster. We'll exchange one headache for another and try to make the best of it. Yeah, I can definitely see where that comes from. So moving on to the next topic that I have in the presser section. Do you see a lot of movement happening in the standings or is the, the playoff picture pretty much set? I think that for the main six, they stay relatively the same, meaning – I think the same six teams stay the same. Positions may change, uh, but I think that all six teams will stay the same one way or another. Now, for the play-in tournament, though, that is a that's hard to predict. It may stay the same, but then again, we're halfway through the season. We still have an entire half left to go. Who knows what those bottom four teams are going to do? Right. I don't know. This this is difficult. I think I agree. I think the the top six in the East are pretty set. Um, I don't see with the way Boston's playing, I don't see them dropping out. Milwaukee has been solid. They're not dropping out of the top six. You know, the Cavs, 76ers, Bulls and Heat, they're not going anywhere, especially the Bulls and the Heat. They're the top two seeds right now. The only team that I can really see dropping out of the top 10 is Charlotte, and that's because they're one in nine of the last ten games. But then you look at you know eleven through you know the the rest of the conference. Washington's not going to go anywhere. They're they're really nothing. The Knicks are an extreme disappointment, and then you got the Pacers, Pistons, and Magic that are in full rebuild mode. So I, yeah, I think the East is pretty set. But moving on to the West, again, I I, I think the top six is pretty set. Minnesota's been impressing me. I think they are really the only team that's in the playing tournament right now that I could see jumping into the 
top six. But looking at the rest of the conference, I think the the Lakers, like I said earlier, I think they're going to drop out. I don't think they're going to make the play in tournament. I know the the Blazers, the Blazers have won four in a row, but they're not a team that really impresses me. We don't know when Dame's going to come back, and you know the the rest of his supporting cast. Yeah, they brought in some young pieces that are going to help him in the future, but I don't think they're going to really help him this year. I think the trades that they made were to benefit them next year and in the years down the road. Mm-hmm. However, I do really like what the Pelicans did at the trade deadline. I, I really think that the the Pelicans really positioned themselves in a good spot where if Zion doesn't come back, they still have a pretty good team. And if Zion does come back, which it doesn't sound like he will, but if he does, that's just an added piece to this team that I think can really give some teams some headaches in the playoffs. I mean, you you look at the rest of this team, they brought in CJ McCollum, they brought in Jonas Valanciunas, and you got other pieces like Devontae Graham and Larry Nance that can benefit them down the road this season. And if Zion comes back, that's just an added piece that's, going to make them even more dangerous and I forgot to mention in the previous sentence they got Brandon Ingram who's having a pretty good season in his own right he's he's alone bringing in 22 points a game for them Mm -hmm. so I I think that that's a team that's positioned themselves well and I think can really take advantage of the Lakers lack of continuity and and injury issues Mm -hmm. so if any team not currently in the playing tournament is going to make the jump into the playing tournament. I think it's the Pelicans. All right. That definitely is solid right there. Uh, moving on to the final quarter. We got last week's game of the week was the 76ers and Bucks with the, the 76ers pulling that one out of the last second um, to win 123 to 120. What'd you make of that game? Mm, obviously it's a really close game. Um, did Harden play this one or did he? He sat out that game. Okay. Yeah, he's not available yet. All right. Considering that Harden was out and he wasn't partaking in any way, shape, or form, it it surely says a lot about the team that they built in the sense that they can hold their own against the defending champs. And with the addition of James Harden – I would like to see what this team can do if Harden decides to show up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. I mean, the team played great, and if Harden decides to show up and give his 100%, then that's, that's a team that's going to be even more dangerous than what they currently are. So moving on to this week's game of the week, we have a very intriguing matchup, I'd say, between the Memphis Grizzlies going to Chicago to take on the Bulls. And some could say that this could be a potential finals matchup. I mean, you got the, the Grizzlies sitting at 41-19, and 19, currently the three seed in the West. Eight and two of the last ten games, and John Moran's playing out of his mind. Going up against the number two seeded Bulls, currently sitting at 38-21. and 21. You got DeMar DeRozan having the amazing season that he has. Um, you got some pieces coming in to the Bucks off of injury that, you know, they're, they're a team that's looking pretty good right now. They're starting to get fully healthy. They just brought in Tristan Thompson, who was bought out from Indianapolis. I'm very intrigued by this matchup. 
I, I think this this is going to be a really hard fought game. And, you know, like I said, who knows, this this could be a potential finals matchup because I think you can definitely make a case for both of these teams coming out of their respective conferences. But what, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. And who knows? Looking at the last game that they played, which was the 17th of January, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies actually – won that game 119-106. And taking a quick look at the box score, it was definitely something to look forward to because DeRozan, he got 24 points himself at, on uh, 10 for 24 that game, which is absolutely great, I guess you could say, to an extent. Oh, and, absolutely. And who else knows can actually step up their game and give DeMar some help whenever he needs it. Yeah, I, absolutely. You look at the Bulls roster, and it's it's just solid all throughout. You got, you know, Lonzo, when he's healthy, is, I think, one of the more underrated point guards in the league. He's a great facilitator. He's getting better with his jump shot, and he's a very solid defender. And then you got a lot of pieces coming in off the bench that are just, you know, it's, it's a very solid bench. Um, it, it definitely gives them an advantage in pretty much any game that they play. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this game. I'm definitely going to be watching it. Mm. Moving on to the buzzer beater, we got some overreaction or not an overreaction. LeBron will leave the Lakers this offseason. Is that an overreaction or an underreaction? I'd say not an overreaction in the sense that I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Um, meaning, like you said before, he kind of set himself up. And I don't know if he would want to be around after this season. So who knows? Yeah, I think at this point I'd be more surprised if he at least didn't test out free agency again. Mm. You know, who he could sign back with the team. It doesn't look like it at this point. He does not look happy. The, the, the way that he looks this season, just body language-wise, and, you know, some of his comments after games – it reminds me a lot of his last season here in Cleveland um, when they, when they had to pretty much revamp the whole team at the trade deadline and he somehow carried that team to the finals, but they should really not have been to the finals. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of that, but I don't think they're making the playoffs this year. Oh, so I, I, I could definitely call that a call that not an overreaction. Yeah. And I, I think more likely than not, he will be leaving the Lakers. Yeah. Or at the very least, so, test out free agency longer than most people would want. Right. Right. So overreaction or underreaction, the Boston Celtics will make the NBA Finals. Uh, they're first, right? In the Eastern Conference? No. <laughs> no. Currently, they are they're sixth right now, but they're 9-1 and one in the last 10 they're currently sitting at 34 and 26. Honestly, and, uh, they had a 10 game winning streak up until uh, they lost their last game before the all-star break. It, it might be a bit of an overreaction, but knowing how the Eastern conference can be every now and again, I wouldn't be surprised, but then again, it might be an overreaction. Yeah, I think this this is going to be a slight overreaction, but I don't think it's completely off the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, Jason Tatum's been playing great. And, yeah, I mean, you always got – he's got Jalen Brown that's 
having a good season as well. You know, they're both averaging over 20 points a game. You know, you got Marcus Smart and Al Horford as always, mm. but they, they've drafted well. You got Robert Williams the third, who's having a, a really good season. And you got other players that are just contributing off the bench that have just been playing really well. Mm. You know, Jabari Parker's looking decent. You got Joe Joe Johnson coming out of retirement and is playing really well for him. And you just got a lot of good pieces that are just playing really well together. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know with, with how with how compact the the Eastern Conference is, I definitely could see them coming out of coming in out of the East. Because if you look at the standings right now, if the season were to end today, they'd be playing whoever ends up being the seventh seed out of the, the play-in tournament. So it could be they could be playing the Raptors, they could be playing the Hornets, potentially even the Nets. Mm. You know, who knows what the Nets are going to be like in the playoffs, especially if Kyrie still can't play home games. Yeah. You know, the, the the Raptors have been really good as of, as of late, but honestly, I'd, I'd take the Celtics over them, and I'd take the Celtics over the Hornets or the Hawks any day. And I, I think they, they'll match up well against any other team in the East. So who knows? I, I think that's not out of the realm of possibility. So mm-hmm. I, I guess we'll have to add another option as a slight overreaction. <laughs> but not surprised if they do. Right. But moving on to the last over slash underreaction, James Harden will once again not show up in the playoffs. That would not be an overreaction at all. He, he's been given multiple opportunities to be the main man of a team and have a decent roster around him and has simply failed. So it would be absolutely shocking if he decides to finally actually show up. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, you look at the um, Hornets, the Rockets team that he was on, where, you know, he had Chris Paul, he had Clint Capella when he was, you know, one of the better young centers in the game. They were, you know, one of the top two, top three seeds in the West every year. Mm. And Harden would have amazing regular seasons. He would win MVP. But when push came to shove and they needed a shot to win the game or needed him to come up big in game six or game seven, he just would not do it. Mm. You know, he he would, you know, just throw up a bunch of shots to to try to be the guy, but nothing would fall. And, you know, we, we – We've seen enough of a track record where it's not just an anomaly. This is a, a consistent thing with him where I, I don't I don't think it's really ever going to change. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's definitely not an overreaction. But that pretty much wraps up everything I had for this episode. David, I want to thank you as always for joining me. It's always fun to talk sports with you, buddy. Oh, yeah. Always. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. And as always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Thank you for listening to another Deep Dive Sports show. Make sure to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow our YouTube channel for more amazing content. Lastly, make sure you leave us a comment. We love hearing what you have to say. And as always, until next time, Deep Dive Sports listeners.